Hello and welcome back to episode number five of the Bouncing Back podcast with me, James Middleton. Now, before I start, I just want to say that I am so happy and truly humbled by the responses and the messages that I've been getting so far from all of you who are listening and enjoying the podcast. It really means the world to me. And I was really apprehensive and nervous about doing a podcast before I started as always because you think of situations and scenarios and you know talking into a microphone for half an hour 45 minutes without swearing too much or saying um or like or becoming too boring so I really really appreciate it I'm loving every single minute of doing them and it's always an absolute pleasure to be here talking to you about some of the things that I'm really passionate about and and take a lot of interest in my life. In today's episode, I am going to be discussing the question, what is the meaning of life? Now, whenever someone asks me this question, I always find that I've got all cylinders firing in my head because I don't think that there's just one answer to this question. I think there are many factors that play into it. There are many answers and people have different opinions on what the meaning of life is. However, I do believe that there are a certain number of things and factors that play into this question, which I think are very important, which I'm going to be talking about today. And some of those things are, for example, gratitude. I think that's a fundamental part of encouraging happiness, which I'm going to discuss. I think avoiding doing what society says you're supposed to do is an important part. I think trying and always trying to be striving to to be better will give you a purpose. And again, I think that's a very important part of this question. Then I'm going to talk about a little bit the, the idea that just following your passion, when someone says, oh, just follow your passion is, is shit advice. And then to kind of conclude the episode, I'm going to be talking about why it's important to, to be brutally honest, not give a fuck about so many things and leaving on a nice morbid note that we're all going to die anyway. So there are some really interesting points in here and I'm really looking forward to just running through them and giving you my opinion and my thoughts on all of them. But before I begin and discuss the first point about gratitude, I want to leave a couple of questions for you to either write down or think about during this episode or think about afterwards. And since starting my journal, and I'm going to come on and talk about that in a bit more detail but since journaling the thing that I do every couple of weeks now is I revisit these questions that I wrote down at the beginning of the year these questions are there just to give me a little bit of guidance a little bit of a reminder about the things that I'm doing in my life and they're just things that kind of get you thinking and I think it's important that we sometimes ask ask ourselves these questions because they do pose and importance and can sometimes just make us you know sit back and recalculate maybe there are things in our life that we should stop doing or maybe there are things in our life that we should start doing so feel free to write these down but here, here are some of the questions that I, I've got down in my journal which I actually have in front of me now so the first question is what makes you happy what makes you happiest in your life how can you help others have the same what excites you What makes you feel accomplished and good about yourself? What are you good at? What can you be the very best at? What are you most proud of having accomplished in your life? 
Can you repeat this or develop it even further? And what do you enjoy sharing or experiencing with other people? So these questions, like I said, I tend to look at them every couple of weeks and my answers might change. Sometimes they don't. For a lot of the questions, they, they remain the same, but it just gives me that, that grounding and that perspective. Now, speaking of my journal, I've had a lot of questions and interest about what I do in that journal and how it's useful. And like I said in the previous episode, I use this journal every day and have done since the beginning of the year. And it's brilliant because I can write whatever the hell I want in there and no one else is going to see it. It's like a diary. And if someone does see it, then they'll realize that I actually don't really like people that much. No, I'm kidding. Well, kind of anyway. But this journal, as well as writing out my day-to-day list of things to do, you know, everything from taking a nap to filming a new video for social media to training, I write about gratitude. Gratitude in terms of what I'm grateful for every single day. I will tell you this now, I started this journaling on January the 1st and haven't missed a day. Even the times where I've gotten back from dinner or a night out and I've been pretty pissed, before bed I've opened my journal and I've just written down some things just to conclude that day. A lot of the time I wake up in the morning and what I've written has made zero sense because I've been drunk, but that's not the point. I'm still getting my thoughts down and actually sometimes it's quite funny looking back and seeing what you write when you're drunk. But that's besides the point. But the difference it has made to my mood each day is honestly incredible. And I'm not just saying that because gratitude, we should, you know, the sort of, you know, fugazi, fugazi, gratitude, I'm saying it because it has genuinely made a difference and an impact on my mood every day. You know, I'm not sitting there being like, you know, oh, I've got a journal. Do you journal? Oh, you should journal, you know, up on my high horse, like a lot of these influencer spunk monkeys out there who who do that and are getting paid to say that i'm being genuinely honest and serious with you and there have been studies on the topic of gratitude which have shown how gratitude journals lead to healthier eating behaviors for example fewer negative emotions and apart from the five guys and pizza that i smash weekly i can vouch for both of those things research has also shown that contributing to a gratitude journal between once a day and once a week has significant positive effects on well-being and I'm all for that why would you knowing that that is the case not at least try and start writing down things that you are grateful for knowing about the positive impacts that it can have on you and your well-being and my journal has become kind of like my little bible against the negative thoughts and somewhat toxic society that I find myself living in and all consumed by sometimes and the world of social media I think is is a wonderful place I think social media is a fantastic thing but it's also a very dangerous place as I'm sure you can relate you know you end up down the wrong rabbit hole and you're suddenly comparing yourself to a lot of fake materialistic people all showing their very best life which even though you know that can leave you feeling inadequate about your own life and so practicing gratitude has for me transformed me from feeling that what I have isn't enough to feeling like I'm the luckiest man on the planet and it's made me feel like I'm enough every single day no matter what happens and you know what the biggest issue with people these days is people don't feel like they're enough more so nowadays than ever young people old people a lot of people that I speak to clients people in my dms 
they get the sense that they're not enough. And you want to know why? It's the continuous social noise and the freaking algorithms that the feed you're looking at gives you the best looking, the richest, the smartest, the most together people in this world every single day. And you might not even realize it, that ever-growing wrath of anxiety and depression amongst the younger generation, my generation and the older generation who are on social media is definitely a, a, a byproduct of this. Suicide rates, for example, are higher than ever. Anxiety rates through the roof. Young people having eating disorders and body dysmorphia. So this message where I'm getting at really is to practice gratitude and practice it daily. You don't need a journal to do it. You just need a little note notebook, go out and buy a little notepad and start writing every day things that you are grateful for. It, it can be three things, it can be five things. When you wake up, leave your freaking phone off for the first 30 minutes, first of all. Again, since doing that, I've done that for the last four or five months. I don't turn my phone on until about half an hour after I wake up. When you wake up, sit up in bed, take three deep breaths, and then say three things you are grateful for out loud. Just try it once, and then do it again the next day, and then again the next day, and then do it every morning if you can and watch what kind of mood it puts you in to start the day. As soon as your feet touch the floor and you get out of bed after doing that, you're in a positive mood already. And it's so powerful. It's so underrated, the power of saying positive thoughts out loud. And then at the end of the day, before you go to bed, write down in a diary three things you're most grateful for. In fact, you can do this at any point in your day. It doesn't just have to be at the very end of the day. Just make sure that you're writing it down at least once a day. And no matter what's happened in your day, obviously this is easy when your day's been amazing and you can write down you know, loads of things you're grateful for, but it's, it's about doing it when you've had a really shit day. And we all have shit days, but finding that little bit of positivity can literally transform your mood and change that around. So tomorrow, instead of dragging your butt out of bed, sighing, moaning, complaining, oh, it's so early, oh God, I don't want to do work, and dragging that attitude with you, for the, for the days after and the rest of the week, try and remind yourself how grateful you are to have work to be doing, to be able to get up in bed in the morning, to be able to cook food, to be able to speak to your friends, speak to your family, to be alive, to have made it through this past year and out the other side stronger. There are 10,000 people dying a day in India at the moment, 10,000 a day because they don't have enough oxygen, they don't have enough medical support because COVID has hit them for absolute six. You're here, healthy, at least I hope, and in a far greater position than probably, in fact, definitely than the majority of this world. The funny thing is as well, is I believe that life has this very special and unique way of giving grateful people even more things to be grateful for. You just have to recognize it and be conscious of it and use it to create a more positive self-assessment of actually how complete you are. I've done a lot of research on the topic of happiness and one of the common denominators of feeling happier is expressing gratitude on a daily basis. When we concentrate on the things that are going right in our life and focus on those, we're obtaining lots of little rewards throughout the day because our minds are focused on the positives and that's the direction of where our thinking is. People ask me all the time, James, how do you stay so positive all the time? You're always so positive, you're always so upbeat. Well, there's no magic formula or secret. And don't get me wrong, sometimes I'm not so upbeat and sometimes I get a little bit down for whatever reason. But I always think about the positives. 
even when presented with a negative. I think, right, well, there's no point sitting here dwelling on it and feeling down about it because that's not going to change the situation or the outcome. So I might as well quickly get into a healthier, more productive mindset and be positive. The science is there too. Every time you express or even receive some gratitude, your body releases the chemical dopamine. And that's the feel-good neurotransmitter released in the brain. So chemically, that is why you then begin to feel happier. There's science happening behind it. But then I sometimes think to myself, why do we not practice gratitude all the time if we know it will make us happier? If there's chemical positive things happening in our bodies that are producing that feel good that feel good factor. Well, it is hard getting into that mindset if you're in a bad place or things aren't going well in your life, like I said, but that is life. If you think it's always gonna be plain sailing, you're wrong, it never is. And I'm sure most of you know that by now, but it's about training yourself to get into the gratitude mindset, even when things aren't going the way you want them to. And that's where writing what you're grateful down in a diary daily can build that habit. And we know what happens when good habits are formed, they become second nature and can have a huge positive impact on our lives. The thing about gratitude too, is it's a present state of mind. We're usually grateful for things in our life that are existing and happening right now. What you want to avoid entirely is going through life, believing that your happiness is somewhere in your future. That is a very dangerous world to be living in. The difficulty is with this though, is I've come to realize that in the world we live in today, we are now more than ever sold this notion that happiness is hiding behind another paycheck, another bonus, one more promotion, a few more thousand likes on Instagram and so on. And this is sold to us even more by everything we see online. Those people we see and follow who have achieved everything we're seeking for ourselves and faking this distorted idea of happiness as part of their own status game, it's completely fucked, if I'm honest. And to add to this problem, we think that when we reach that promotion, when we get that slightly bigger paycheck, when we get that new handbag, when we buy that new house, that new car, whatever it is, we think we're going to be happier. But we never are because there is always more. There is always another promotion to be seeking, an even bigger paycheck, a nicer handbag, a better car, a bigger house. It goes on. It's an endless cycle that if you get caught up in, will completely chew you up at every single checkpoint, spin you around and spit you out like a worthless piece of shit. And this is why it's so important to live in accordance with your inner world. Value your effort more than the outcome and the reward. If you live according to the outside world and what society deems as successful or fulfilling, you will go through life constantly miserable. Focus on life outside of the number in your bank account, as scary as that may seem in the initial stages. If you can't find meaning in your life, it is your responsibility as a human to create it, whether that's fulfilling dreams or finding work that gives you purpose and self-worth. Forget about what life, this societal bullshit tells you is gonna make you happy because all those things the, the paychecks, the promotion stuff, they, they do not make you happy. When you get there, you're actually more dissatisfied than you think. And I think that's one of the key things and, and one of the key 
in my mind, meanings of life. Don't chase things that you think are gonna make you happy because there is always more. It has to start from within. Now, don't get me wrong. Things like earning money and having stability, like a heated house to live in, food to put on the table, having some kind of financial freedom to travel, for example, all of these things are important. And money does matter. I'm not saying money doesn't matter. But beyond earning a certain amount, is nothingness. And there have been studies that I think once you earn over 70,000, 80,000 pounds a year, the the extra income that you earn after that doesn't really change your lifestyle that much. It doesn't really have that big of an impact on you. And I've come to realize this firsthand. When my coaching business went into bringing revenue of well into the six figure mark, I thought I would be so happy and feel so accomplished. But when that happened, I felt nothing. It was such an anticlimax and nothing in my life changed because of it. Yet, when I was 23, 24 years old, I had the dream of running my own business, making it successful, with this visualization that I'd be absolutely over the moon when I got to where I am today. So why the hell am I not over the moon? Because that money doesn't mean anything to me. It doesn't change anything about who I am, my values, my interests, my beliefs, my state of happiness for that matter. I am still the same person. I am still James with the same drive, wanting now to achieve even more and grow my business even further and help even more people. This is partly because prior to it, I had these upward social comparisons comparing me to other successful coaches out there. And when I got to where I wanted to be, the next lot of upward comparisons came that forced me to feel like I hadn't quite made it yet and so on, and this cycle continues. And this is something that's completely unavoidable and part of what being human is, continuously comparing ourselves to those with more than us, that leaves us feeling inadequate, even when we should be feeling super proud of ourselves. The issue is made 10 times worse with social media and the ability to now see everyone else's lives and what they're getting up to on a daily basis. I now go back to my earlier point in why it is so important to live in accordance with your inside world and try your utmost, your utmost to only compare yourself to you and who you were yesterday. That is so, so important. Everyone knows the expression, comparison is the thief of joy. So focus on you and focus on comparing yourself to only who you were yesterday. This tied in with gratitude is what will give you the sense that you're enough because you are. You always, always are enough in your world. The only time we ever think we're not is when we step outside and compare ourselves to those around us or compare our lives to what we're supposed to be doing. Now, that really fucks me off. The social manipulation and conformity of having to fit in and what that looks like, what you're supposed to be doing. I'm 27 and I'm single. Now, for some strange, obsolete reason, at 27, apparently, according to all these know-it-alls on social media and society, I meant to have a girlfriend. James, why are you single? James, how come someone like you doesn't have a partner in your life? Don't you have a girlfriend? Fuck me. I'm single because I'm not with someone. It's the answer I use to shut down these kinds of questions. I know that you, if you are single, you've probably had it from your parents, it's usually like the older generation. Oh, James, where's your, where's your lovely girlfriend in your life? Shouldn't you be getting married soon? Oh, 
have a day off, will you? But if someone says to you, why are you single? Just say you're single because you're not with someone. That will, and then they'll, they have no response to that and it works. So just try it next time that annoying family member you haven't seen in months asks you. I don't have, personally, I don't have a partner in my life because I haven't met someone who yet I want to be with and establish a relationship with. I'm so happy focusing on myself right now. My business, my dreams, my self-worth, my friends, my family. I'm a big believer. I am a big believer that the right person will come into my life when I'm ready for it and the time is right. But just because I'm 27 and lots of other people are in relationships, I'm not going to let that pressurize me into finding someone for the sake of it. Be with them for years, unhappy as hell with kids, a family, a house, a car, all of which are vacuous to me because I didn't even want to be in that position in the first place. I would way rather be single and happy than be in a relationship and unhappy with someone else. And there are so many people out there in unhappy relationships who wake up every single day wishing they weren't in the same bed as their partner, yet they settle for what they have because I'm 34, I can't split up now, I'm meant to be having kids right now, it's too late, I have to stay with this, stick with this, settle. All this, you're supposed to be in a relationship, you're supposed to have kids, you're supposed to have a house, supposed to be earning this much, it's all bullshit, all whilst being apparently totally happy with everything that's what society wants from you but all these fairy tales based on what seems to be the accepted standard of our lives these days will lead you down to the worst rabbit hole you can possibly go down so avoid doing these things because you're supposed to be doing them do what you want to do on your own timeline and fucking own it instead of striving to conform to societal norms or what social media tells you is the idea of happiness and success, strive for progress. Because progress is happiness. If we can make progress on a regular basis, that is what is going to make us feel alive. And it also stops us from focusing too much on that end goal. And I've talked about that before. We don't want to be focusing too much on the goals because achieving our goals can actually lead to dissatisfaction. You need goals, of course, otherwise... You'll be a wanderer, you'll have no direction in your life, which can also be as equally dissatisfying. But what I'm saying is focus on striving, building those systems, because this is what provides us with not only satisfaction, but that sense of stability as well. And I think that's a very important part of what is the meaning of life. I think having some kind of stability allows us to feel not comfortable, but happy with where we're at. With anything you strive for, Although stability is important, you're going to experience failure, rejection, you're going to have to experience lots of hard work, etc. And as humans, we can often confuse these things, failure, rejection, hard work, with unworthiness and a lack of peace in our lives. But ironically, it's the setbacks, the getting knocked down, traveling that path that keeps us stable. Aristotle, one of my all-time favorite philosophers, said that happiness comes from gaining insight and to growing into your best self. Otherwise, all you're having is immediate gratification pleasure, which is fleeting and doesn't grow you as a person. Man like Aristotle, always hitting the nail on the head, isn't he? So growing into your best self, striving to be better daily. And it's that thing of constantly striving that I said I was going to talk about. It's that striving every day that is going to give you 
that sense of purpose. The internet, social media, society, in fact, will try and market to you that you're not worthy enough all the time. That's how these big brands, all these brands around the world sell you products because they tell you you're not worthy enough. You think having that product is gonna make you feel worthy and buying this next thing and having that thing is what is gonna fulfill you and make you happy. Avoid that at all costs. And for the love of God, unfollow people like the Kardashians of the world, will you? What the fuck are they doing for you in your life? Seriously though, if you follow people like that, thinking, yeah, but I just like seeing what they're up to, I'm curious. No, you're not. You couldn't care less. Let's be honest here. Every time you see what these people are up to or follow what they're doing, whether you like it or not, you'll be left feeling inadequate and worthless, even if it's subconsciously and you, do, and you don't know it. Our health isn't only about the food and exercise we consume. It's about the stuff that we consume through our eyes too. The trashy newspapers, the completely fake influencers you think are inspiring you, but they are actually leaving you to feel unworthy and shit. Decluttering this part of your life and focusing on following people that bring purpose and meaning to your life, e.g. James Middleton, just kidding, but serious, are what will improve your self-worth and happiness. Follow people and things that are going to educate you and bring value to your life. Not Kim Kardashian, please. Go through your Instagram, go through your social media and actively unfollow these people. And you will notice that suddenly the things that you're consuming on a daily basis and make sure these things, again, like I said, are things that are just going to add value to your life will help your mood and it's the same with the people who you hang out with and surround yourself with friends i don't care if you have had a friendship for 10 years with someone if they are not bringing value to your life if they don't want the best for you get rid of them it's the sunk cost fallacy just because you have been doing something or been with someone for such a long time that is not a reason to still continue doing it just because in your head you're thinking oh but I've been in this relationship for seven years. There's no way I can end it now because of the time of seven years. No, that doesn't matter. If it's not working for you, it's not working for you. And you need to, to get rid of these things in your life. And it's not being cold-hearted or selfish. It's being completely valuable and completely rational because you want what's best for you. And in a sense, you do have to be selfish when it comes to things like that. So whilst we should still steer clear of following these kinds of people, we should also avoid in every single situation possible responding to the question, what's your purpose in life? What are you passionate about? What do you think you're on this earth for? And this is gonna bring me on to my point about ignoring the you know follow your passion bullshit these questions are loaded questions and that's what's so irritating about them every self-help book freaking life coach mentor business person uses these questions and my stance is they're full of shit and you want to know why because and i was thinking about this the other day our passions range along a big spectrum and they're forever changing Yes, we sometimes have a few that stick with us for life. I would say mine has always been sport and fitness 
and only a few years ago, recently discovering my love for helping people. But that's the thing, our passions change as we go through life. We change as we go through life. Life isn't perfect. In fact, I would say life is completely imperfect. So when people come to me and say, James, how do you find your why? How did you find what you're passionate about? How do I find something I'm passionate about? I think to myself, why has society thrown these loaded anxiety-inducing questions at people who probably were actually doing okay, but now they're questioning their very existence because they haven't found their true passion and they see all these other people apparently following their passion. We are constantly changing, evolving, seeing different things from different perspectives. We have different passions and these often change, like I said, as we walk through life. Follow your passion is nonsense. I'm passionate about singing in the shower, but I'm not gonna do that for a living, am I? I'm passionate about a lot of things that won't really serve me any real purpose when it comes to making a living. Sure, I'd be very happy singing in the shower, but if I did that all day, I wouldn't get very far in my life. So don't worry if you're not following your dream or your passion. People have multiple dreams and multiple passions that are forever evolving as we wander through life, getting wiser and more experienced. I think, personally, we should be striving to do what we're good at. That might take time. You might have to trial and error a number of different things to find what you're good at. But I genuinely believe that every single person on this planet is good at something. And if you can then combine what you're good at with something that you enjoy, perfect. But following your passion is is such a bullshit response that people give that's so wish-washy and actually isn't very helpful at all. So try and find what you're good at and that's what I believe helps with having meaning in your life. Doing something that, that you're good at, that you can excel at and obviously along the way, if you can enjoy it, then even better. Now, I read a book last year that I think is worth mentioning as it really gave me a new perspective on life and it left me really understanding why it's so important to not care about a lot of things that that go on in life. Now the book is by Mark Manson and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Some of you might have read it. If you haven't read it, I would highly recommend buying it. I feel like people in today's society in society are so caught up in trying to be perfect and satisfied and caring all the time that they forget as humans we're not made for this we're not designed to be perfect we're not designed to be comfortable all the time we're not designed to be satisfied all the time we are not designed to care about every single thing that happens in our life and yet people hate being uncomfortable they hate suffering they don't know what to do but we suffer for the simple reason that suffering is biologically useful. It is nature's preferred way for inspiring change. And we have evolved to always live with a certain degree of dissatisfaction and insecurity because it's, the I, well, I think this is, at least, it's the, the, the mildly dissatisfied and insecure person that's going to do the most work to survive, to grow, to change, to innovate. Failures, setbacks, negative experiences like i've said before these are what build us we learn and develop the most from them and we shouldn't avoid them because attempting to escape the negative or to avoid it or silence it only backfires and to avoid suffering 
is a form of suffering itself, you could say. Bear with me on this. Think about when you have anxiety. The more you fight it, the more you try to escape it and get yourself out of it, the worse it becomes, the more wound up you get. I've experienced that before. I've had anxiety and I've stressed. Why am I feeling anxious? I wanna get rid of this feeling. When is it gonna go away? What's causing this anxiety? And you actually make it worse. You, you, you know, avoiding that anxiety, you're, you're actually increasing the suffering. So we shouldn't avoid negative experiences. We shouldn't try and avoid the suffering, the struggle, the failures. But so many people try to do that and it causes them more harm than good. We have to learn to confront these things head on and understand that they're not the end of the world. They build us, they're a part of life. They make us into strong characters. And the example actually that Manson gives in the book is, is this, he says, to try to avoid pain is to give too many fucks about pain. In contrast, if you're able to not give a fuck about the pain, you become unstoppable. It's such a valuable thing to not go through life trying to avoid the things that make us uncomfortable. And a lot of people do it, a lot of people do it. Think about a breakup, for example, okay? If you've loved someone and they've broken your trust, broken your heart, cheated on you, a lot of people live the next few months, years of their life avoiding new relationships or getting close to someone because they want to avoid experiencing that pain that they felt in their last relationship, that heartbreak. Now, I think Manson's view is slightly far-fetched and exaggerated. I'd say it's not human to just not care about pain or feeling. But I do agree with the tone of what he's saying in that if you try to not give so much of a shit, then you'll become a little bit more bulletproof. And the thing with life is, is shit happens to everyone. It, it is going to happen to you and it's going to keep happening to you as you go through your life. But if you go around caring too much about absolutely everything, you're going to struggle a lot to get through your life and it's always gonna be a constant battle. So choose carefully what you care about. Spend your energy wisely on, on what you care about and save it mainly for things that actually matter to you. Now, before I leave you with a brief overview of what I've covered today so you have something digestible to take away with you to think about, I'm going to wrap things up on a slightly morbid term, okay? So apologies for that, but I'm actually not sorry because I think you need to hear it. And it's the saying, we're all going to die anyway. I told you it was morbid, but it's something that I read and did some research on with that kind of mindset. And you've probably heard those words muttered before. Maybe you've said them yourself, whether it was your mate stating it before your fifth shot of tequila on a night out and you're on your way to the, the next bar or maybe you've said it before you've gone to approach an attractive person to ask for their number. I sometimes say it to myself, fuck it, I'm gonna die anyway, so I might as well go for it. It's a bit extreme, yes, but it works. At least for me anyway. When things get shaken up in my world, as I try to maintain some kind of sanity, when I'd rather just throw my toys out the pram and when I know that feeling the feeling of being overwhelmed is an expression of anxiety over the plethora of changes and challenges ahead of me, those words are actually quite soothing. It comes down to a simple truth. When faced with the ultimate end, we all share death, okay? Death is something that every single one of us will face at some point in our life. Nothing actually matters. I know from my own deep experience with grief that there are two ways to take this harsh reality. 
there's the dark side. If nothing matters, nothing is worth living for. Why the hell bother? That's the dark side. Then there's the light side. If nothing matters, who cares if you screw up? Why spend time agonizing over taking a chance when a mistake is meaningless in the grand scheme of things? It's the light side and this mindset that is so freeing. Now, I have a deep fear of failure, okay? It's overpowering sometimes, crippling, in fact. But the mindset, nothing matters, really helps eliminate that anxiety over it. Of course, it's important to consider how your decisions might affect other people. There is a difference between being courageous and reckless, but you have to trust your intuition and you owe it to yourself to put your best into it. So if something does seem crazy, if you truly believe you can do it, go for it. I had this thought before I did this podcast. I thought, fuck it, nothing actually matters. Like, what is the worst that can happen? Okay, I'm gonna look back on my life, okay, when I'm on my deathbed and think, I'm bloody glad I went and did that because even if it was shit and terrible and I offended loads of people and screwed up, I'm, I'm still here, I'm still here. Nothing actually happened that much and I'm gonna die anyway. So if you see that sexy, attractive person at the bar, go for it, take that plunge, ask him or her for their number. Literally, what have you got to lose? And the worst outcome with a situation like this is they say no, and you never see them again, and they say and they never see you again. On to the next one, cool, done. Equally, they could end up being your future partner and you pop out babies together, you just don't know. But taking that approach, that kind of less give a shit what happens approach, will allow you to to, to do more and, and go for things in your life because living with regret is the worst thing that you can carry around with you, in my opinion. And setting yourself free to try things will bring an enormous amount of self-worth and happiness. And self-worth and happiness are two important factors, I think, that contribute to having a meaningful life. So, to summarize, the things that I spoke about today I know we went through a hell of a lot and your brain is probably like, wow, that was a lot to digest, but I'm gonna just give you a quick summary so you can go away and and have a little think about it. So first of all, gratitude, okay? So important to practice gratitude and I would highly encourage you to start doing it because it encourages happiness and why wouldn't you want to feel happier? That's the first thing. Secondly, avoid doing what society says you're supposed to do. You're not supposed to do anything. You're supposed to do what you wanna do in your own time, in your own space, at your will. The third thing, try and always be striving for something because this is what will give you purpose. Important to have goals, yes. We all need them to give us direction in life, but focus on that striving, that every day to be better than the person you were yesterday. And remember to only compare yourself to the person you were yesterday no one else. Following your passion, number four, is shitty advice. Don't just follow your passion. Try and do what you're good at. Find things that you're good at. Find things that that you can strive to get better at. That goes back to the previous point of giving you purpose. So when someone says to you, follow your passion, tell them to kindly fuck off. Fifthly, fifthly, number five, stop giving so many fucks about things. 
try and if you can read the book the subtle art of not giving a fuck like i said it's a little bit exaggerated in places a little bit far-fetched but it gives you that perspective that actually you need to spend less time caring about so much what is going on in your life because it causes a lot of anxiety and it causes a lot of unnecessary stress focus on things that actually matter to you and finally we're all going to die anyway so take those risks do those things go out with your mates have fun during the week don't just work all the time and drive yourself into the ground thinking that that's giving you purpose you know properly go out and try and spend time actually living and do that and if something scares you or something seems risky just mutter under your breath I'm gonna die anyway so I might as well do it but obviously don't let that be anything reckless like I said there's a difference between courage and recklessness and there we have it thank you so much for listening I really enjoyed uh, talking about all those things I hope you enjoyed listening to it as always please just pop on in fact right now can you just pop on to Apple Podcasts if you've got an iPhone just pop over on there click on or type in bouncing back with James click on my podcast and just give it a five star rating and leave a nice review because it really helps push this podcast up into the charts and for more people to see it and you know the more people that can see it can listen to it and and listen to all the wonderful things that I talk about so if you could do that that would be amazing but once again thank you so much for listening and I will see you at the next episode take care of yourselves goodbye